Welcome to Making Sense Out of Autism. I'm Pam Katuf. And I'm Pat Miller. And we are the co-founders of Beloved Bath. And we are a candle and bath product company with a mission of meaningful employment for people with autism. And we work with lovely scents all day, and we try to make sense out of autism. So welcome, everyone. We thought today we would talk about our children's graduation from the school system into the adult world. And for followers of our podcast and Beloved Bath and all of our blogs, you probably all know that this has been something that we have been talking about, dreading, planning for, thinking about for years and years and years. And it finally happened. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who have been listening to us throughout the years, first of all, thank you. But you know, this was the dreaded time and continues to be the real fear of most parents with young adults with autism, right? Um, we struggle with it. We fear it. It's so much of the unknown is now presenting itself. And, you know, we're here. So we are hoping to sort of share some of our emotions and what has worked well, what has been really hard for us um, and pro will probably be for most. So this time, the time between the school system and moving into the adult world is ever so fondly called universally falling off the cliff. And uh, that is a term that refers to having, if you're lucky, an abundance of services or entitlements from the school district in and a set path, um, a stepwise set path with a lot of support sort of stepping off into this vast world of different letters, alphabet soup, uh, DDD, IFSP, all these different terms that are so new. And basically for us here in New Jersey, it could be different in different states. You really have to piece together a program for your child, which is difficult enough but then there is an absolute lack of high quality programs, which amplifies the problem. Yeah, I think, you know, Pam, you just hit the real stressful point. You know, once you get through all of that new language and educate yourself on your budget and your tiers and how to utilize your money, which is hard enough, then you're faced with, well, where are they gonna go? You know, so most of you know, for John, he's been at the same school very fortunately, since he was four, he's now 22. He got the extra year of COVID. So that is a long time to be in the same educational space. And people know him, he knows them, he knows what's expected of his day. And now you're faced with finding a whole new family, a whole new place for him to, to learn and be um, safe and happy in. And, you, you know, you, you compound that with a lack of programs. I mean, you know, Pam can probably share more experiences because she looked at more than I did, but it is very, very, very bleak. Um, there are not a lot of adult day programs there that do it well, that can retain high quality um, 
teachers because it's not the same pay scale. It's not the same kind of um, environment for them. And it's less about teaching and growing. And it's more about babysitting, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's it's shocking. Pat did mention the different tiers, and that's something that differs from the school system into the adult world. In the school system, you are, quote unquote, entitled services, but in the adult world, they evaluate you and you get different budgets and amounts of money to spend based on your disability. And sometimes it seems very arbitrary where people do not... Um, necessarily get the budget that they really need to get or the the um the level that they need so um that is they, tricky yeah and, yeah and even if they do understanding how to utilize that there's all different buckets within your tier right so there's your day program there's residential there is cost of goods for doing things like going to the gym, there are ways that you can onboard even family members to help support in the hours that you're self-driving. So there are so many things to learn. And so it's like a full-time job. Yes, Luckily for me, Pat is always um, five months ahead of me. So uh, she starts the steep learning curve and I benefit from that, but it's a lot to figure yeah. out. Right. And one thing I'll impress upon our audience is if you're getting close to this, please, please, please lean on people like us or families that are ahead of you. Because if you don't have the education to make good decisions, unfortunately, it's going to hurt your young adult's um, budget and ability to lead a fulfilling life, to have money, to surround yourself with what they need. And so it is really important learning. It's not just steep learning, but it's important choices. And even to who your, your support coordinator is, who is the person who drives your budget. And so, you know, there are some really good support coordinators out there and there are some that, you know, it's tight lipped. They're not giving you any information. So you can pretty much utilize none of your budget if you are not educated on how to utilize it best to be able to get a you know full day of support and need that your child has or needs. Right. Getting a budget of, let's say, $100 does not mean you have access to that $100. And I think that was the big shock that you get a number and it sounds like, mm, okay, well, I should be able to get what my child needs, but then there are so many rules and intricacies about it that you can't. Yeah. Um, and like a really simple example for that is like, so, you know, you get a budget for transportation, right? So you might go to an adult day program, but then they're going to take you know, your, your child out to lunch or to a vocational in the community, but they don't offer transportation. So you have to get through transportation through someone else. And, you know, Uber, believe it or not, is a, a part of what the DDD will pay for, but you have to have your support coordinator get that um, approved and put into the plan in order for your child to leave, even to just go to lunch. So there are all of these steps that need to happen that you drive through your support coordinator. So that relationship has to be a strong one. That has to be a person who's going to advocate for you and your family. And you have to understand how to drive this as the leader of the pack, because once again, it is up to the parents to be that person. So um, currently, Pat and I are both really uh, lucky to have our kids part-time in an amazing day program. In the same and, day program for the first time. <laughs> so, 
So we're very happy about that. Uh, but Pat knew that that was the program, uh, that there was availability for John. I didn't know if there was going to be, he's, uh, Justin's in three days a week. And I didn't know that there would be some, uh, availability for him. I started to look around at programs and even though people had prepared me and said the programs are bad, I could not imagine what I would encounter when I went to look. And um, the first program that I went to look at, uh, I took Justin and we sat down and met with the coordinator of the program. And I asked him to take me through the day. What do the participants do? And that's critical. You have to ask what is going on every day. And the facility did not look great to me. Uh, the, the materials that they had um, were old. Uh, they weren't, um, they were practicing um, life skills and there were, you know, three articles of clothing to repeatedly fold so that I didn't think that was so great. But uh, I was told that every morning the participants went, had a 45 minute walk. And I thought, oh, that's great because Justin loves to walk and he hikes in the reservation locally. We go for long walks in the neighborhood. So I said, where do they walk? knowing that there was a track nearby and knowing that there was the reservation nearby. And the gentleman in charge said, oh, right in there. And he pointed to a conference room and basically told me that they walk in a giant circle for 45 minutes, which is appalling. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. utterly, it, it was such a shock to the system. I, I practically could not even respond to that. <laughs> and, you know, I think that two important points there. One, when you're evaluating these programs, you have to ask, what does a typical day look like? What does a typical week look like? Because unlike the education system where there is such a focus on learning specific skills or reducing specific behaviors, in the adult day world, that is not their focus, okay? They really take a very hands-off approach. They're not allowed to because of all sorts of rules to, you know, to manually prompt, for example. So, so it becomes a really different landscape. And so I think, you know, one of the most important things to me was making sure that John was going out into the community, that he was going out and doing things with the other you know, young adults in that program or, you know, taking advantage of the community because all of a sudden this is what this is about. It's not about learning math anymore, you know, or learning how to read. And so, you know, being appropriate to be able to go out. And I have to say, again, we are loving this new adult day program because they're very good at that. John goes out every single day and sometimes he's going to the mall with a bunch of the kids. Sometimes they're going out to lunch. Sometimes they're doing vocational programs where they are working in a store. But again, these are things that are not typical. I mean, I've heard from families that in their adult day programs, they never leave. They're in this jail, basically, where they're marching around in a circle or they're, you know, doing useless tasks to spend the day to make the time go and to babysit. And so I definitely appeal to families that you need to look, you need to find, and we need to, and to the states that we need to continue to create 
just like we did for Beloved Bath, there is a better way, there is a better space. And I think there's some pioneers out there that we need to look to, to be able to change the landscape. And just um, adding to what Pat said about going out, all going out is not the same. In this program that um, I did not like, they're going out with something called window shopping, where they would look in at stores. They wouldn't go to the store and develop the skill or maintain the skill of being able to make a purchase, browsing, waiting while somebody else is purchasing. They just basically walked around. And in my mind, I thought of programs where I see adults sort of walking around in a group aimlessly in a mall, which to me is ridiculous. There are so many things that our kids are capable of doing that they enjoy doing, and they should have those opportunities and not be warehoused. And that's how a lot of it feels like it's warehousing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and and absolutely. And the funniest thing is that last week, you know, John was out with a bunch of these um, people in his program having lunch and my older son, Philip, just happened to be in the same space getting lunch. And he looked over and he was he said he couldn't believe it. He looked over and he's like, wait a minute, there's a bunch of young adults with autism. And wait a minute, that's my brother. You know, <laughs> so he went over and he was just so ecstatic to see him out in the community, hanging out with his friends, where John was kind of like blowing him off, like I'm with my friends. You know, so it was just I love it that. A very love funny it. experience that I think that just resonated with me that, you know, this can happen. This should be happening. He's no different than my 25 year old who's grabbing lunch, you know, with his friends. And so it was, uh, it was definitely one of those moments where you feel very grateful. Yes. And it's, it's unfortunate that there are not many programs. Uh, We do know that there are some special programs that are supposed to be opening soon. Um, and we're excited about that, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, these programs are small and can't hit everybody and, yeah. um, yep. and make that kind of difference. And, mm-hmm. um, that's really, it's really unfortunate. And even for us, I mean, Pat and I really in earnest started planning for this transition in 2016 when we opened beloved bath and, um, even with that, it was a really emotionally hard transition for us. For yeah. me, when people would say, oh, Justin's graduating, I would say, don't say congratulations. And um, that's sort of a sad response that minimized all of Justin's accomplishments. And I I got over that little bit pretty quickly. But really what I was saying when I was saying that is, I'm so anxious. I'm so worried because right around Justin's transition from the school system to the adult world, I didn't have anything in place. Pat knew what she had. So um, I really got everything together for him in the week that he graduated, but I was so worried. And any response that I had, which obviously it's awful to say, don't say congratulations, was because I was so scared and so anxious and so worried about Justin. And, um, you know, I'm grateful that we were able to swing from one rope to the other. And I'm grateful that Pat and I had each other going through the same thing at the same time. I know, Pat, you were 
you had a very difficult time because as yeah. you said earlier, you, John, unlike Justin was in one program, his whole educational career. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it was, even though I had a place and I felt, you know, very positive about him transitioning to this other place, it was still riddled with so much anxiety, right? Because I, as well as John had this whole family in his educational program. And, you know, when people ask me about how I felt about graduation, I mean, obviously you want to feel happy. This is a huge accomplishment. He's learned so much and done so well in the last 18 years in one place. But it also is so scary because what we know about autism is so much is dependent on not just what you've learned, but the people, the place, the environment, you know, and so were those skills going to transfer? Was he going to understand what was expected of him? And how are we going to survive without this sense of support that we have had for the last almost 20 years? And so it was, even though we had a place, still a very, very scary transition. And, you know, people would ask me how it felt. And I would say, I feel like I'm getting divorced. <laughs> I feel like that, you know, my husband and my family that I've known for the last 20 years is now going a separate way. And believe me, it's very beautiful. They are still so supportive and they have been so, so instrumental in this transition, working together with the adult day program so that John could have a very successful transition. And like, that is more than I can say for most. I know that, but it still was so stressful for us and for John, like his first two weeks, he cried in the car when I dropped him off. Cause I made the mistake of saying, I'm dropping you off at school. And then I dropped him off at something that was not school. And he was like, without words, just had tears in his eyes. And I realized like, that's a mistake I'm never making again. And Pam's like, you can't call it school. And I'm like, I know it's such a force of habit. So now we call it the program so that he understands school was what you went to before. And that was your family and your support. And now this is your program. And, you know, he's now been there for over two months and he has, you know, started to have a new family and so have we and it's a little different it's not as integrated as much as it was for 18 years but I slowly see that John is happy and comfortable and safe and learning and you know and it's really been a beautiful thing to see but a really hard thing to see and so you know I always say I wouldn't wish autism on my worst enemy because there's just so many ups and downs throughout the years and this is another big one it really is because no one knows your child like you do, but a school that has had him for 18 years knows him pretty well. And now you have a whole new team that has to get to know him. And so without that language, without that ability to share and with a magic wand, this is everything you need to know about John, it slowly unfolds. And I know there'll be ups and downs and, you know, we'll get through it, I guess, but it is, it is a very, very hard place to be for adults. And, you know, we're older, right? So we don't have the same energy. We don't have all of those same, you know, um, gung-ho attitudes that we once did. And so we really do have to start, sort of re you know, pull within and find that strength again to say, okay, we got to, we got to put it all in here and try to figure out how to make this the best transition for everyone. Yeah, because transitions in general for people with autism are tricky. And then, you know, throw in such a giant transition. Um, it, it's super hard. And Pat and I, again, we started Beloved Bath for this. And our kids come to Beloved Bath and we're so happy that we have that. 
but that's just one piece of the whole puzzle. And there's so many bits to put together. And it kind of reminds me of when our children were in early intervention and we were looking for what's next and the landscape for schools was pretty grim. But what happened was a lot of parents got together and made programs. And I think that that is the same thing. I'm hoping that that's the same thing that's going on now where people hear about a good program and then want to copy the model to see if they can, if, you know, they can't get into a program, but let's try to replicate it with great professionals. And luckily there are a bunch of professionals who are interested in older people with autism, not just the school district. And hopefully um, the pay for working with adults is going to rise. And I would call that to me here in New Jersey, the biggest issue, because when you work with people with autism and other disabilities and you're making a teacher's salary, um, you know, that's something that someone can live on. But here, many people who work with individuals with autism are getting minimum wage. And so who are you getting to work in these programs? It's very, very hard to get people who will come in and stay because at some point you want as a professional, you want your salary to increase um, as it should. And it's yeah. a, it requires so much training to work yeah. with people with autism. So these salaries have got to go up. That's, yeah. that is red hot alert. For sure. I mean, I think one of the biggest advocacy points right now has to be that. So if you're looking to join and to make that change, because adults with autism Again, they're getting individuals who are working with them, regardless if they're uh, a, you know, DSP, if they're working in direct a direct service provider, yeah, DSP. Sorry. or if they're working in a group home, they're getting minimum wage. So you may get really good hearted people who want to do this, but they can't afford to do this because they're not getting paid enough. So the turnover is terrible and we're losing really good, skillful people because there's just not enough pay for them. And it just doesn't make any sense because at the end of the day, to caring for our young adults is hard and they cannot be making less than they can. Someone can make at ShopRite or at the local drugstore, which is what the case is right now. And so again, going back to families and parents, this is where we need to be shouting, you know, at the top of our lungs that this is something that has to change, needs to change, deserves to change because there needs to be a certain skill set to be able to work successfully with our young adults. And right now, the pay scale in New Jersey, unfortunately, is not hitting that mark. And so, you know, we are trying to work in different advocacy groups, one with our, our adult day program right now, but also with, you know, local legislative and Paul Aronson, you know, so all of those people are people that we need to tap into the autism ombudsman for New Jersey. So if yeah. anyone's in New Jersey and they want to get yeah, on yes. a yeah. list, yeah. email Pat at belovedbath.com, P-A-T at belovedbath.com. And we can add you to the list that we're on and, um, you know, amplify the voice of the parents or the family members and concerned people to uh, make a greater impact. And that would be really great. So um, we could go on about this yes, we while can. and we'll definitely 
keep updating everybody because we're new. I, you know, we, our boys have been in their, um, in the adult world for, oh, under two months. So we're newbies. And as we continue to grow, we'll keep updating everybody, but we would really love to hear from you and, um, please do email and anybody who is interested, uh, whether or not you're interested in the advocacy, uh, and we hope you are, if you email us, um, Pat will send you uh, a coupon, 15% off um, for your next uh, purchase at Beloved Bath. But thank you all for listening. So don't forget, email me at pat at Beloved Bath for your coupon. And again, we're heading into the holiday season. So if you have any opportunities for corporate gifting or any interest in doing anything for your places of work and utilizing Beloved Bath product, we would love to share in that holiday season gift giving with some impact and helping us continue to spread our mission of providing meaningful employment for people with autism. Again, we thank you. We hope this was helpful. I'm sure there are lots more questions, so feel free to reach out.